G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. They might find themselves in a place where it feels like they failed, but hey, they can absolutely get up. You can move forward and your life can be what you aspire, what you dream for it to be. It's possible. And I'm proof of that. Frederick Douglass said, it's easier to build stronger children than to repair broken men. We would all agree, but how do we do that? Our guest today is Eric Agerman, who was a troubled teen and gang member to now running a ministry called The Royal Hood. Along with his wife, they partner with parents to help teens develop a stronger sense of belonging and identity, which produces godly confidence about themselves and their future. That's Eric Agerman, our guest today, with myself, Brett Ryan, for Focus on the Family Australia. Well, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Brett. We have been really pleased to hear a bit more of your story. And for those who haven't heard the first one, uh, you were born in Ghana, but part of your journey was because you were bullied, mm. suffering from mental health. You joined a gang, did some rebellious things, uh, were sent to purgatory back in Ghana from your dad, but then you encountered God. Yeah. And uh, those mental health issues of suicide and depression were completely put to the back. And now you're being using your gifts and your talents, your story mm. to help young people. And you're doing that in churches, you're doing that in Christian schools, and you're also doing it in state schools. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what's the message you're sharing with them. Yeah, thank you for that, Brett. Well, I think you know in Revelations it says that we overcame by the power of the blood and by the word of our testimony. And I think that every person, every believer, everyone has a story, something that they've overcome. A season of darkness that you know they were able to navigate their way out of and come into the light. And so for me... Uh, in the day and age that we're in, um, I think that there is a lot of young people who find themselves in similar places and spaces to where I used to be. Yeah. Dark place. Whether it's the mental health challenges, whether it's the thoughts of suicide, uh, whether it's the worry of what the future holds and can I achieve, can I be anything? Yeah. And so I really feel, yeah, a strong call to speak and to share my testimony to yeah. encourage young people that there is more for their life. Do you feel that there's a sense of young people feeling like life is hopeless? Especially after COVID, yes. <laughs> they feel so uncertain. You know, some of them feel so unstable and uncertain and yeah. worried. And, you know, so there is that feeling, that cloud of, yeah. of feeling amongst young people. So when you're going to a Christian school, mm. you know, you can bring the faith, the gospel into yeah. that message. And then you go to a state school and you can't do that so much, but yeah. you're still instilling them hope. Yeah, so I think Paul had an interesting way of putting it, <laughs> of being able to reach people, um, that you know he sort of learnt how things were in a particular community and he was able to relate. And so I think 
as a believer, as a Christian, everywhere I go, I want to be respectful and I want to be honoring. And yeah. so if that means going into a, a public school and talking about the power of words, which I do, so here's how it works. In a faith school, I'll say in Proverbs 18, 21, yeah. life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, words kill more people than bullets do. Like our words can hurt. I go into a public school. And this is what I say. There is an ancient proverb that says, <laughs> life so and good. death is in the power of the tongue. And then I'll say, whatever school it is, hey, there is power in our words. Let's use our words to build each other yeah. up. You know, and so it's removing the scripture, but keeping the power and the context yeah, of that scripture so to be able to reach those people. That's so good. You know, and so one of the things I love to talk about, uh, so in, in faith-based schools, we run a similar version of the royal hood, but in state schools, we'll run it what we call boys to noble men. And it's all about making healthy choices, yeah. becoming men of respect and honor, you know. And so the themes are absolutely exactly the same. Yeah. But the references are shared a little bit differently. differently. And that's so good. Mm. And you mentioned the Apostle Paul, you know, he was all things to all people. Yeah. Like wherever he found himself, I like him to be like a chameleon. He blended yeah. in to yeah. fit into that culture. Yeah. And I also feel, if I can just put this in there as well, that because of the distractions that this generation is faced with, Sometimes when we're sharing, you know, this is in faith-based spaces, when we're sharing scripture and we focus on the, you know, Proverbs 18.31, it says this. I feel like a lot of the times the kids, they don't know that scripture yet. Yeah. They haven't read, they haven't come across it yet. And so sometimes actually saying it in a storytelling way as a start. Mm. Pull them in, like, oh, where's this going? What's this? this is a parable? Oh. Yeah. Then at the end, this is found in. I look at Jesus, like a lot of the times he the was master storyteller. Master storyteller. He shared parables, and the man had a servant. They went away. He came back, and you know. So I find that with this generation, and just in general, if you want to keep people's attention, you go the storytelling route, yeah, rather than coming at them where it feels a little bit Bible bashy. But come at them in the storytelling way. They'll be hooked for the ride. And then when you get there, before you drop them off, you'll be like, hey, that was Proverbs 18.31, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You mentioned the storytelling, and you've got a story that you've been able to tell, particularly being bullied. And I recall just recently you shared with me about a young person who, who shared the fact that he was of dark skin. Mm. And then because of what you shared – the young people around him who were bullying him because of the mm. color of his skin came and apologized. That must be so motivating for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I share in schools as well. You know, when it comes to race, if I was to, Brett, you know, you know, back in the day, if I was to tease you about your hair, your hairstyle or your shoes, hey, easy fix, right? Your next haircut appointment, different hairstyle. Shoes, Different shoes. Yeah. But when it comes to race, you know, I, I can change my hairstyle, my haircut, my shoes, everything. Extern- I can't change my color. Yeah. And that's that's where it hurts deep. Yeah. And a lot of people carry that hurt throughout their lives. Um, that hurt becomes almost a limitation. You know, I'm speaking from experience here. It limits people from where they think they can go. Yeah. And the places they think they're allowed to be in. Mm. And so if we can... 
if we can educate, you know, if I can share, be vulnerable and share that story in schools, public and, and faith-based schools and, and hear responses like that, yeah. then I think, you know, we're on our way to creating a culture of, of belonging and a culture yeah. of honor and, you know, respect. Very unity, good. You know. And I, I think that's another aspect to unpack a little bit more is for young people who are feeling hopeless, you know, what's the future hold? Yeah. You share your story of being hopeless. Yeah. But then you reveal, the big reveal, yep. this is where I am now. This is what I'm yep. doing. This is my family. Yep. And it can just be so motivational for young people to say, hey, that could be me. Yeah. That could be my story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when it, when it comes to me as a teenager, you know, being told I was ugly and so therefore not really believing and thinking that I would have my own family and now I do, you know, me failing English in high school and thinking that, you know, I couldn't do anything with it and now I have published three books. You know, it's that story of being through the valley and coming out. I say this in schools that failure is never, ever a person. Failure is only ever an event. Yeah. You know, and so they might find themselves in a place where it feels like they failed, but hey, they can absolutely get up. You can move forward and your life can be, you know, what you aspire, what you dream for it to be. Yeah. It's possible. And I'm proof of that, right? This is not textbook stuff. This is, you got this guy standing right in front yeah, of you. You're not a theorist, you're a <laughs> practitioner. Absolutely. Yeah. With regard to the, the mentoring program, the royalhood, who you alluded to before, you're seeing young people, these young men coming to you and they've got their attitude and they've got yeah. their sort of baggage. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the way they come yeah. and then the journey throughout the course that you've created. Yeah. So, they come in very hesitant. They almost have this mindset, oh, mum signed me up for this because what she thinks there's something wrong with me. <laughs> it's always <laughs> a good good start. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. So so they come in and I, I always do this very strategically on one of our opening calls. I list all the bad things that I've done as a teenager, all my addictions, all of that. And I do all that to basically paint a picture that I'm not here to judge. I'm here to just to help them navigate maybe some of those challenges that they might be facing yeah. with right now. I love the aspect of mentoring in teenage years. Because here's what I, I firmly believe and I've had to experience myself. I think that every person, male or female, will need to at some point sit in front of someone and have a conversation about hard stuff. And I feel like if that conversation doesn't happen in your youth, it's going to happen when you're married. Yeah. So, for example, you know, we talk about addictions such as lust and pornography. For the kid today that's struggling with that, to not talk about that now doesn't mean the problem's going to go away. In no. fact, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. That, that addiction now becomes a stronghold. That person, and we've seen this play out in so many different stories, that person now is married, still with the addiction. The wife finds out, and guess what? The husband now has to either go to a marriage counselor to deal with this challenge or mm. potentially lose his marriage. Yeah. And so we have this phrase that we say that it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And so I love the opportunity to be able to sit with a young person who may have only just stumbled into this addiction yeah. to be able to show them through my own experience, be vulnerable and help them through that now in a fun and relatable, yeah. you know, atmosphere rather than later 
have to repair something that's now broken. And I guess those young people are seeing if you are confessing yeah. your baggage. Yeah. Then other young people go, well, that's me as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, then they realize they're not alone. That's right. And they can be more accountable to others. Yeah. I mean, we talk about sunlight is the best disinfectant. Mm. Uh, we're also pointing them to the best sun and all, S-O-N. Yeah. The son of God. And to right. draw him into their world yeah. to make wiser, more profitable decisions for their whole life. Yeah, absolutely. So going out throughout the course, some very reluctant, very hesitant, and then as they're going through their barriers or their guards, their masks mm. are coming off. Take us to a you know a couple of the different sessions that they're going, this is pretty good. I'm actually find this really helpful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, week number three is relationship with parents and siblings. And this is a week where, you know, they write letters to mum and dad. They read it in front of them, uh, write letters to siblings. Um, this is something that is not done every day in a, in a household. No. <laughs> it's something that carries significance. It's very special, very sentimental. We've had one kid do this, knock on his sister's door and go, hey, I want to I say some stuff to you. Is it okay? So he's like, yeah, of course, come in. And he starts and he's like, I love you so much. I'm so blessed to have you as my sister. I'm so proud of you. All these words. And the sister's standing there and she's sobbing. Why? Because it's not every day that she hears these words. That's so good. And now she moves towards the brother, hugs him. And according to that boy, that was the first time in three years that they hugged. They embraced, you know, you've got a kid who now is standing in front of dad and isn't asking for anything, but is telling dad how appreciative he is of everything that dad has done for him. And this is, I feel, a pivotal time in so many families where it's been, you know, a habit and maybe it's been normalized that we throw words around, but hey, we're going to become intentional with our words. We're going to esteem each other yeah. with value. And so for that, that's one of the game changers. We've got one kid that just finished the program recently and he said, Eric, I have to be honest, at first it was really awkward to stand in front of my parents. <laughs> I bet. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I, I share this because in the lead up to it, we have a one-on-one session. I share this. It's going to feel awkward yeah. because anything you do for the first time doesn't feel natural. Yeah. It feels awkward. And I said, the words I love you that you're going to say to your mum that's going to feel awkward, get this, one day as a married man, if you want points, you're going to have to say that every day to <laughs> you. You would want to say that every day yeah. to your wife. So what you're doing today that feels awkward because you haven't done it before, that's okay. What you're doing is you're setting yourself up to form a habit yeah. where every single day in your future, you can still say that to your mum, but you can also say that to your spouse, and it won't feel awkward then. Yeah, that is so good. Our guest today is Eric Agerman. He's part of a great ministry called Royalhood, and you're listening to Focus on the Family Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au Well, 
welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan and we're speaking with Eric Ageman. He's part of the team here now at Focus on the Family Australia, but he's also got a ministry called The Royal Hood and he's also a former gang member. He's now a motivating speaker in youth and mentor. And I think that's probably the emphasis, the mentoring aspect of helping young people come to see their potential. Um, we spoke a bit before the break about you know that situation where a young man actually says I love you to their parents or their siblings or yeah. you know or even to apologize. Yeah, those things are not only going to help them now, but it's their future. That's what you're yeah. preparing them for. Yeah, um, you mentioned before the aspect of you know preparing them for life, mm. and as you say, it's easy to build stronger children than to repair a broken man. Yeah we should get that into our whole DNA that we're preparing our young people for their future. And, Mm. you know, it's far easier to do some modifications now rather than later on. Mm. So going through a couple of extra weeks, what other things do they cover in the Royal Hood program? Yeah. So we we have another week where we deal with healthy choices um, and peer pressure. Uh, so, uh, once again, going back to my own experience, smoking was something that I was pressured into doing. And so, a lot of the habits of young people are through pressures of their yeah. friends. Popular culture and peer pressure, the two big ones. That's right. So, we delve into that when it comes to relationships with the opposite sex. What does that look like when it comes to music? That's a massive one that we also look at where they're challenged to actually go and potentially, yeah, delete some stuff from their playlist. Yeah. Um, we talk about social media as well and once again this is an area where you know a lot of them are doing things without a meaning and those things are actually harming them so for example uh, there's this phrase that's been said that back in the day before the internet men would go to a place such as a brothel Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons and today young people on their social media there is a lot of what they call Instagram models. These are girls in bikinis and we've got young people following these people. And what's happening is without realizing, it's almost become like an online brothel where you can, by moving different images, by going to different pages, it's like you're moving through different rooms. Yeah. And what that does for a young person is it impacts their purity. Yeah. And what breaks my heart the most is you look at David in the Bible. David looked at Bathsheba. It only took one look for David to fall and do what he ended up doing that he regretted. And I think about this. David was a man that God said, he is a man after my own heart. Anointed, yet because of one look, he fell. So it's helping our young people understand that when you're looking, when you're scrolling, It can have a massive impact. So David was that guy. Samson, another person as well. He was one of the strongest, physically strongest that we know. In the end, his life was cut short because, call it lust, call it whatever you want to call it, it was related. And then you got Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. And he had challenges in this area. So from a strategic point of view, for someone that's been struggling through this in my teenage years, I almost want to bring awareness to our young boys about purity and their future. Yeah. When Paul speaks to Timothy and says, do not let anyone look down upon you as, as a youth, but be an example, there are five things that he states. Be as an example in speech, in conduct, in faith, in love, and in purity. Yeah. 
It's one of the pillars that Paul saw was really important for the next generation. It's simple, mm. but it's God honoring. Yeah. And yet we miss the boat. We miss it. And when young people get it, mm. the light bulb goes on. Mm. You see that transformation and the yeah. parents see that transformation as well, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's an absolute honor, you know, to be able to help young people at this stage of their lives yeah. before things become, you know, addictions and strongholds. And it's just beautiful to see families restored. I yeah. think, you know, to see families restored, to see young boys have, you know, confidence for their future again. Yeah. Can you tell us a story, a testimony of a parent who comes back to you and says, Eric, I've got a new son. Yeah, uh, so we had a graduation. This was uh, late last year. Um, we had a dad who's um, the son leans more towards the mum than the dad, and the dad on the night was sharing how much he's tried to get through to the son, and it was only really throughout the program that he felt that he was able to get through. Yeah. And one of the phrases was, "I have my son back." You know, I now have my son back, and. Yeah. And that's, I guess, the why. That's why we do what we do, you know, because if a man, if a husband, if a father is going to leave a legacy, you know, there's a saying that you only receive out of that which you honor. Yeah. So if our young boys can honor their fathers, then whatever the father has to give, has to impart, has to bless them with, they can actually receive that. Yeah. And so that's what we're hoping to try and achieve is that legacy, that baton being passed on. You know, and to see that boy one day become the father. Yeah. And yeah. so on and That's so forth. Very good. Well, we're very, very proud to have an association with you and so proud that we're invited you to be part of the team here at Focus on the Family Australia mm. as our church partners manager or and to be able to go and speak at youth groups and churches too. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about why you're excited about that and uh, yeah. what people can do to get connected yeah oh, i am so excited about this um you know everything that we do we talk about it takes a village you know and we understand that in terms of the royalhood it's one aspect um but you've got organization like focus and the family who for 28 years plus has been resourcing families and seeing families thrive we were just so blessed to be able to partner together and so in terms of churches, we're excited to help parents gain access to the resource that is available through Focus on the Family to really empower and equip them. I mentioned before about the busyness of life today, the demands of life, the overwhelm of providing during inflation and all of that. And yeah. so what if parents could have at their fingertips on their phones access to you know, trusted material and content from Focus on the Family that's going to impact them and how they parent and their relationship at home as well. Yeah. I think that's awesome. We at Focus on the Family Australia are all about partnering with parents. And so your enthusiasm and your passion is to see that be strengthened. Absolutely. I think as a parent, you know, it's uh, the highest calling, hey, to be entrusted and be a steward of God's gift, which is children. And so the partnership is to equip, to provide resources uh, for families so they can really excel in their roles and in their calling. And I think that's what is really, uh, really special and that gets me excited about what we're doing together. Fantastic. And so- with our final few moments, mm. you know, you're talking to a parent now who's listening to this and saying, you know what, 
I want that for my son. I want that for my daughter. Mm. And uh, may not be able to have access to the royal hood, but mm. what would you be saying to them about the importance of having other people speak into your children's lives? Yeah, well, I would say as a parent in your role, there's a great opportunity to be the role model for your child. You know, the way that you would want them to be, becoming that first of all, I think it would be a great start. And then, yeah, you know, position them to surround themselves with great people. Uh, church is great. Youth groups, if it's possible. And perhaps also, I think, creating your own little rites of passage for your son or daughter, you know, and that might look like maybe a weekend away out in the woods camping taking the example that God did for Jesus when he said, you, know, you are my son, I love you, and I'm so proud of you, um, and just taking intentional time out to really affirm some words and actions over your kids, I think is, is a great step yeah. in the direction of you know, raising up the next generation and you know, fulfilling your calling as a parent. That's so good. And I'd be encouraging parents, if they're doing it alone or even doing it together, it's not all up to you. Mm. Bring others along yeah. the journey because your kids are going to need it. Yeah. Uh, I know that Kate and I prayed for mentors for our sons for mm. about 10 years wow. to find the right people to come alongside them. And it just changed their trajectory so yeah. much. So we're encouraging parents. Uh, we at Focus on the Family Australia want to help and serve you and be the, the resources, as uh, Eric was sharing, to be able to help you and your family and your relationships to thrive. Our guest today was Eric Agerman, author, youth speaker, mentor, and founder of The Royal Hood. If you'd like to find out a little bit more about his ministry, go to royalhood.com. And if you'd like Eric to come and share in your community, please go to families.org.au. And Focus on the Family Australia is a donor-supported ministry. If you have a heart for families and relationships thriving, please show your support by going to our website and giving securely. On behalf of the whole team here at Focus... I'm Brett Ryan, and we look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.